GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. It was established in 2015. How far has the University of Gibraltar come since? We had a good chat with the Vice-Chancellor at the University of Gibraltar, Professor Catherine Backleader, as well as their Communications and Marketing Manager, Phoebe Kelly. But first, more on a story that's been dominating local news for the past day and a half. The UK government says an incident where a Spanish customs vessel conducted constabulary actions in Gibraltar waters was an incursion and a violation of UK sovereignty that will be protested to the Spanish government. What about the Gibraltar government? Well, this is what Fabian Picardo had to say. If you're asking me whether they were acting unilaterally in the context of a horizontal structure in the Spanish state and whether they had consulted uh, upwards, well, look, I, I can, I'm assured that at uh, 25 past 10 in the evening, when the whole thing began, they didn't pick up the phone and speak to the people who sit across the table from me to ask whether they should do this, which is absolutely foolish and risk their lives, the lives of the people and the ultimate predator and the lives of our customs officers. Because when you're dealing with issues at sea, you're always at risk that things can go wrong, there could be collisions, there was minor damage to the customs launch. All of that you know, creates risk when we're not working together. I am sure that they didn't seek uh, the consent of those who sit across the table from me at that moment. And I'm sure that if anybody brings a cool head to this, they would say, look, guys, uh, as we have all been saying around the table, this is not the way to deal with problems. Whether they are problems that arise from a legitimate issue, an AIS and the navigation light fails in an otherwise legitimate operation, or whether there are issues that arise which we're all concerned to control from criminality in its many forms. And we're going to talk about something that was formed in 2015, the University of Gibraltar. But how far has it come in the years since? It offers students in-person teaching, um, UK-aligned standards. Uh, they talk about a unique, safe and multicultural location. And um, uh, we were just talking earlier with Lucinda. Um, your views beat ours. Uh, good afternoon <laughs> to Professor Catherine Buckleader. Uh, lovely uh, to have you in the studio with us. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And also to Phoebe Kelly, uh, who manages communication and marketing for uh, the university. Uh, welcome to you both. I don't know what you think of, of our new building. We're, we're very happy here at the Broadcasting House, but uh, a few people who have come have sort of drawn the comparison because we've got the old stone walls, mm -hmm. yes. as you do. But uh, Lucinda very quickly pointed out, yeah, but they've got sea views. Uh, so so, so, so they, they, their venue beats ours, and, and it must be a beautiful place to arrive every day to work. To be honest, I actually see myself as privileged. I enjoy coming to work. It's a beautiful building. It really is. And they've done an incredible job of blending that old with the new, keeping that sort of old military fortress feel, but at the same time, they're very much the new. But I must, I must admit, I'm very impressed with your new, new building. Thank you. Um, mutual compliments is always good. It's a good place to start. Um, but, uh, of course, a building is much more than, uh, than, than the, the stones that it's built with. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about the people uh, that you work with. Well, I think you, you mentioned, and I'm just going to 
go around the uh, yeah, uh, take a little time to get to answer your question okay. the reason being that you mentioned the 2015 and i think the university has come an enormous way since that time uh, we t started off with um no tour towards um, around 30 students and now we're 558 students um, and we're now globally accredited we're recognized in many many ways we're recently um, given full membership of the um, universities UK so we are getting more and more global recognition and I think that predominantly comes down to the fantastic team that I have the privilege to lead. Every single team member that we have is a hard-working um, individual. Most of us wear more than one hat. We have a very good, strong, strategic plan, of course, that always keeps us all on track. Um, but, yeah, it's always about the people. How many are you? 57, uh, but that includes both faculty and staff. Okay, and uh, not all full-time? No, no, no. In fact, actually, that's to our advantage. Most of our staff, not all, but most of our staff are full-time. But our faculty tend to be a, a mix. And if anything, we have a stronger leaning towards the part-time when we talk about faculty. But that's because we are very much about ensuring that our faculty members are able to impart knowledge that is industry relevant so we're really not looking to recruit just pure academics we want those that have the academic qualifications obviously but we also want those that are in industry so we have a lot of what we call adjunct faculty so that means they're probably working currently so if i'm teaching accounting for example um i'm coming to the university um um, during my evenings I'm working during the day that means that I can take all those theoretical concepts that I talk about and actually give practical examples and what that really means at the end of the day it means that those graduates that um, you know finally walk out of the university have got not only the underpinning theory but they have the practical skills which is very why important not to keep it rooted in, in in the real world around us and and, and make sure that there's value in, in in i mean learning is a reward in and of itself but if you can then take what you've learned and and you know pour it into a job that you enjoy and have relevant skills for then all the better and ultimately i mean why does anybody or their parents pay for a uh, qualification it's either because i want to get a job I want to get a better job or I want to do my current job more effectively. And really what you're talking about there is employability skills. And I think gone are the days in, um, in terms of universities where they can just simply be, you know, the, the guru on the stage imparting, um, you know, theory. It has to be a collaboration with industry. And we've really gone um, to great lengths to ensure that we consult industry on development of all our curriculum because ultimately if you're going to get a better job or a job it's got to be a you've got to have the skills that industry are looking for so great well i mean uh, you said some things there that i want to um talk to you about a little bit further and, and uh, maybe ask you about some of those specific partnerships that you have with industry and, and what makes them gibraltar specific but before we go there, I think we should say hello to, to uh, Phoebe and, 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 and ask you, Phoebe, a little bit about, um, you know, th this, uh, this idea that the University of Gibraltar in those eight years has come a very long way. Uh, given that you're managing communications, is it, is it a, a sort of a positive story that, that, that you're helping to tell? 
I think definitely, yeah. I wouldn't argue it any other way. Um, I've had the pleasure of working at the university for five years now. So I've been there for pretty much the entire time that Catherine's worked there as well, or most of the time. Um, and I've been able to see the university grow from, I think we had two academic programs at the time up to our current offering, which uh, we're very proud to say is uh, quite large and currently expanding three new programs this September. Um, so in the time that I've been there, I think I've only been able to tell positive stories about our students, about our academic staff, um, and about how the university is also benefiting Gibraltar as a whole. So it's, um, it's a very enjoyable job that I'm very lucky to have. So yeah. So if, if I can uh, ask a slightly difficult question, <laughs> um, but, but I think it's, it's got a good answer. Um, in the early days, I remember uh, some of us sort of uh, who were covering the University of Gibraltar launching and, and, and maybe some of the earlier months and, and maybe even years uh, were sort of... Uh, it, it, it looked really good on paper, yes. but every time we visited we thought, like, but where are the students? Mm -hmm. Yes. But now when you hold graduations, there are students. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. Yes. university isn't born overnight and, and it, it took a few years to sort of get it up and running. But, but, but now talk to us a little bit about the students. So this year, uh, I'll, talk, I'll mention those numbers. Last year we had 73, I think it was, 73 um, students graduating this, this year. And once again, we're waiting for academic board to sort of verify that. So we'll be nearer the sort of 92, 93 students. So every single year we're getting more That's and more great. graduates. And this year will actually be our first uh, student nurse cohorts, another exciting milestone. Um, we have a really strong mix of um, students. On, on average, we have 50% local and 50% international students. But it's, it tends to be program specific. So some programs, for example, our nursing program are 100% um, local students because we do not um, advertise or market anywhere but locally. We're all about trying to build local capacity. We work with the GHA in terms of their workforce planning, in terms of you know what they're looking for. Um, other programs at the other end of the scale, something such as uh, marine science, when we first started that, it was all locals, but you quickly saturate the local market, and now it's all international students. So last very year, varied. Yes, having very, spoken to some of them, I was yes. very impressed that they've, they've come from all over the all world. All over really. the world, Canada, Guatemala, um, America, um, it just everywhere. It's 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 great to see. It really is, and it's nice to see that interaction between the local students and the Gibraltarian students. I'll tell you a little story, actually, if I may. Uh, Please. Oh, a couple of months ago, I was, um, I'd gone down to the student common room and I'm just grabbing a sandwich and we have a huge uh, mural there that was donated by, and I'm, forgive me before I even pronounce his name because I know I'll mispronounce it, <laughs> but Paul Coscheri. That's not that bad, that? actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had... Um, uh, fantastic mural across an entire wall of the student common room and there was a young <coughs> international student asking questions of a local student about some of the images on there and I just thought it was fantastic to see the local student basically talking about Gibraltar. Um, great to see and that is I think a happens both ways. So both international students get an international experience and local students also get an international student experience, which is fantastic. And, um, and, and, and talking to some of those uh, students, uh, it, it sort of dawned on me 
uh, how the uh, position of Gibraltar at the mouth of the Atlantic and the Mediterranean is actually something which, when you look at a world map and, where, you know, where could I study marine science and, and oh climate change, and you look at that and you think, like, yeah, why not? I can visit Morocco as well, I can visit Spain. Yes. But yeah, I think that looks like a great place to study. But even more so, that it's the biodiversity of the Straits. It's phenomenal. It's almost like having a lab on your doorstep. And I will use those words or emphasise those words, doorstep, um, the reason that we get such a wide variety of international students, particularly to that program, is simply many universities that offer marine science, you have to still travel two hours. Um, most UK universities, if I want to go and do some field work, I have to travel two hours to get to the sea. Here, you're 10 minutes away, mm -hmm. which is just brilliant. Mm -hmm. So is that, is that something that you hear sort of students uh, or you want to emphasise when you're sort of uh, preparing messages for uh, would-be um, undergraduates and, and master's students? Definitely. We're currently in uh, the clearing campaign, uh, part of our student recruitment structure. Um, but we normally start around December time, shortly after graduation. We start opening up for applications. Uh, we do have a variety of programmes, and that means that for each of our programmes, we have a different target audience. So as you said, for the marine science, the environmental science, it's predominantly international, extremely global. So when you're trying to uh, target potential students, it's quite the challenge. Uh, Whereas other programs, it's a bit more, it's a bit more local. How, how do you cast the net? Yeah, um, that's it's, it's a fun task. Uh, now, nowadays, you can you can sort of tell your digital marketing sort of campaign. I want to I want to speak to. I don't know. You know yes, yeah, anyone. We can we can do right down to. I think uh, this last year we did a campaign in Boulder, Colorado. So we'd received some information that there might be some students interested there. Um, I think the the fact that our marine science and environmental science programs have the addition of also studying climate change is a real um, buzzword, especially internationally. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's, uh, it's an interesting task, definitely, but if uh, you're creative-minded and, and we have a large team that we can work with, um, it's kind of like a puzzle that we're sort of trying to pull together all the um, ideal students to come to Gibraltar. And we tend to get very curious students. We are a little-known university and sometimes a little-known part of the world, so the students that want to come here um, tend to have that spark of curiosity and adventure. That's what you want in a student. Um, exactly, yeah, exactly. 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 So, yeah. But I'd also add, I think the big thing that attracts most students is the fact that we're UK-aligned. UK in the sun, we actually use that mantra, and I think that that resonates very, very well. So our, um, all of our degrees are aligned to the UK, they're equivalent to the UK, and I think, and we're actually audited and I use the word audited, even though uh, they will tend to use the word review, but we are audited by the UK. We have external examiners that come out every single year to um, review all of our programmes. And we have, you know, our institutional wide um, audit by the UK Quality Assurance Agency. And I think when you have that sort of stamp of quality, we, as I say, we recently received global accreditation. Um, which demonstrates, this is per the CEO of the QAA's words, demonstrates our compatibility with international um, excellence in effect. Um, I think when you get that sort of stamp of um, you know, quality, that is also attractive to international students. Yeah. And to be clear, um, you know, because the stock of the of the United Kingdom has come into question in recent years, um, but but insofar as the academic institutions are concerned, that's a very good thing, no? Because oh, the yes. UK, uh, some of the UK universities are really world leading. They are very much so, and in fact, we've actually collaborated with a number of those universities when we've developed curriculum. Our um, MA 
in uh, leadership and management, for example, we collaborate and we actually jointly um, deliver that with King's College London. Uh, so some of Brilliant. those specialist un um, modules, which are particularly focused on government um, topics, and we don't have the local capacity yet, I emphasise yet, because we're growing that capacity all the time, we don't ha currently have that capacity to deliver those programmes, so we linked up with King's College Great. and they deliver that for us. How important is that uh, partnership with the Health Authority? Oh, very, very important. We do meet on a regular basis with the Director um, of Nursing, Sandy Gracia, and also uh, the uh, Director, um, Patrick G, I'm going to say, because I never pronounce his name right yeah. either. <laughs> well, we, 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 we had to sort of go back and forth on it for a while, but Patrick Gagan. Gagan, yes. Um, and we are very much part of their sort of workforce planning. And uh, as a, an example, we've recently developed a master's in contemporary healthcare, which will provide those um, individuals not just nurses, but allied health professionals with the opportunity to gain uh, more n knowledge and leadership skills. Uh, we've also just recently accredited, and um, we look to um, actually launch that a bit later on um, in this academic year, an advanced practitioner's um, degree as well, which will line us, um, you know, put us in line with what goes on in the UK in the sense that you have some um, nurses that who are given some additional qualifications and skills, the ability, for example, to order x-rays, to take bloods, uh, etc. So that just allows the health authority to be, um, you know, use its staff in a more yeah. effective way. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk in, in I think, in the past sort of uh, couple of years. Uh, was it last year? No, that was the anniversary of uh, Florence Nightingale's. Yes. Uh, and and, uh, and the, the role of the nurse has, has sort of come into oh, focus again. And, and, and everyone was saying, you know, yeah. how, how important uh, they, they've been. Um, potentially, some people were saying underpaid. Uh, maybe they could get paid more. Uh, certainly, that's something that's ongoing in the UK. Um, but, um, but, but as suppose great for, for you guys to, to be able to at the University of Gibraltar um, help t l people who are living in Gibraltar already uh, and looking for potentially a, a career in the health service uh, to, to train and qualify as um, as nurses. nurses. Mm -hmm. uh, was that a, a easy to find people who, who wanted to, to be nurses in Gibraltar Phoebe? Uh, yes, definitely. I think the the um, Gibraltar Health Authority had previously worked with UK universities on educating local students who were interested in nursing. Uh, so when the University of Gibraltar was established, I know that it was one of the programmes they were very confident would be very popular. Um, and we're very lucky in Gibraltar, there are many uh, young individuals who are interested in, in going into nursing, which is very important in any community. Um, so it's one of our programmes that I think we consider to be one of the most popular. Um, we have students in Westside and Bay side who come up throughout the school year before applying to university to understand more about the degree and more about the profession itself uh, so there is continuing interest which we're very lucky to have Can I add to that if i may mm -hmm. um, sort of jump in there um, something we're very proud of as the university last year we launched an access to nursing um, course and that's actually allowing those who for whatever reason may not meet the entry requirements to get into the Bachelor of Science Nursing um, and it's a fairly full-on course but I'm really pleased to say the other day actually I was handing out completion certificates to 20 graduates and many of those graduates will end up coming on 
to the Bachelor of Science either this year or next year, and, and they may never have had that opportunity otherwise. So now they have a career path. So I think that's great to be able to do that. Oh, for sure. And and um, I, I, as as I'm hearing you, I, I'm remembering uh, Sir Joe Bosano, the Minister for Economic Development, talk mm. about the need to make sure that we have uh, uh, that we rely less on cross frontier workers, which was a, a, a sort of a slightly controversial statement. But but uh, I imagine that the Gibraltar government would be keen uh, with that economic uh, development and and his uh, yes. Sir Joe Bosano's economic plan in mind, keen for us to have Gibraltar-based nurses, if possible. No? Yes. Did, did, did you talk to them about that program? Uh, in general terms, I mean, very much we're we're mindful that the more local capacity that we can have, the better. And we've worked hard with the GHA to ensure that basically as many nurses as they would like us to produce, we will endeavour to do that. It's always that balance of uh, we've actually increased the number of placements because it's a a placement constrained degree. You can only have so many nurses as there are mentors and placements. And it's always that balance. You don't want too many junior nurses on a ward. You have to have sufficient, you know, qualified. But uh, having said that, we have um, increased by about 25% the number of placements and this year, as I mentioned, Earlier, we've got 15, uh, 19 young students that will be graduating. The year after, we'll have 21 students that will be graduating. So, it, slowly but mm. surely, we're adding to the local yeah, capacity. Definitely, good stuff. Um, okay, so these partnerships um, are, are important. We're talking yes. about the health authority, but you also have partnerships uh, with uh, in the maritime space as well. Oh, very much so. Yes, in the maritime space in particular, um, we've worked very closely with. Um, the local operators, all of whom I have to say thank you because they really have been supportive. We've got our cadets on um, you know, ships such as Peninsula, Jib Oil, FRS, Jib- um, Gibaldi, is that how you pronounce it? I'm having great fun with all my pronunciations today. <laughs> You've been very very honest because usually what, what, what we say in broadcasting is if you're not 100% sure, just say it quickly and confidently. <laughs> <laughs> and move on. Exactly. Uh, but yes, we are. And just recently, um, I'm really um, pleased that um, from an operator perspective, JibDoc and the new owners of JibDoc have actually um, you know, supported the university by providing um, a new fire simulator for us, which is part of the cadets' training. They need to, it's all very well to learn the theory, but they have uh, also have to have all the practical, the professional qualifications. Yeah, excellent. And uh, and uh, as I understand it, that is an area where there may be jobs as well. No? Very much so. Very much. In fact, FRS recently, again, we were very privileged. Um, the new CEO of FRS actually flew out to the university, met with us, and has signed an agreement where we will be working with them um, to assist them in their workforce planning. FRS is a company that uh, operates ferries, right? Yes, exactly. But globally, they actually now are an international, um, and um, they have. Um, and this is the CEO's um, words that they do have need for more captains because they have an aging population there and they're now working with us as a university to assist them not only to upskill their current uh, crew whether that be their their deckies as they're called mm-hmm. um, in some um, you know, vocationally orientated but fundamentally important um, courses but also to train up their next captains so many of our um, young cadets may well end up being FRS captains in the not too uh, distant future, which again is working with 
industry and I would take that even further with our business um, degrees. We have huge support from the likes of um, PwC, Sovereign Group, Jib Telecom, um, Victor, and so forth. And most of the gaming um, organizations, in fact, the Sunborn and a whole raft of others. Um, and not only do they provide placements for us and all of our business degrees have um, probably three times more on average than uh, a typical UK university. We make it very oh, wow. much, we're very keen to ensure they get that practical placement opportunity. But that also allows them in many ways to uh, be already known by that organisation should they then start to be looking for a new employee. If I've already done t one or two placements, either there or elsewhere, I'm probably a stronger candidate than somebody who has not had that opportunity. Okay, well, I mean, uh, we, we've got lots to talk about, but I think we've got about two minutes left uh, <laughs> if we can try and squeeze in uh, some of the points that I know were important to you. Uh, your links with financial services? Mm -hmm. Ah, yes, we're very, just very happy with that. Uh, we've just, uh, last year, for the ran our inaugural Diploma of Financial Services. It was endorsed by the Financial Services um, Commission and our Director of um, Professional Development, Nadine Coyado, um, has really worked with a whole raft of industry, not just um, financial, but banking, um, insurance, etc. And it really is a well sought after degree. So it's again one of those... Qualification, I should say, not degree. Sure, one of the, the qualifications that you've, you've looked at the Gibraltar economy and you've said this is valuable here. Mm, yes, exactly. And, uh, and business, I mean, you, you're also doing some general business courses, as I understand it. Yes, yeah, yeah. We've, got a, we've got our raft of business programmes. So we have our two undergraduate programmes, one in business and one more IT related. Uh, we also have our MBA and our MA in leadership and management. But this September, we will be adding a new programme to our business school, which is the MBA in gaming. So this is very much targeted to the local industry we have here. But we will be the only university globally from the research we've done that will be providing a course uh, such as this, working with researchers and industry to provide a, a great programme. And I've seen quite a lot of talk in, in recent months about um, addiction mm. study as well at, uh, at the university. Yes. Can you give us a well, quick... We have a Centre of Excellence in Responsible Gaming headed up um, by a globally recognised um, chair, uh, Jolt Dimitrovic. Um, but they don't just do gaming. It's basically addiction uh, research that they um, you know, concentrate on. And I'm really happy that the university has been working with public health, for example. Recently, the vaping, you would have heard about the vaping research. Well, yeah. that was the university working with public health and, of course, the um, uh, education department um, and the Minister for Education. Uh, we're currently doing a fitness um, um, survey as well. And we also had the opportunity to work with the Department of Justice recently, looking at that DV, uh, domestic violence um, survey as well. So I, I, I think the, the, having a centre of excellence that focuses on addictive behaviours, although their main focus, of course, is responsible gaming, is fantastic. Okay, and then just to finish off in very short, uh, can you tell us then, to recap, how far has the University of Gibraltar come since 2015? Oh my gosh, it's come enormous. As I say, we've gone from 30 students now to 588 students. Um, in terms of our um, ability to self-finance, you'd be aware that uh, Act says we must become uh, self-financing. When, when I joined in 2017, 86% uh, of our income came from government. And I'm very pleased to say, and roughly, because we haven't got the final results until uh, in your next uh, month, but 
around 28% now comes from government, which basically says over 70% of what we do is self-financed. So 70 plus percent is self-financed, 28% is uh, funded by the government, and that number's shrinking is what you're saying? Exactly, yes, every year. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, It's been lovely to talk to you, Professor Catherine Buckleader, the Vice-Chancellor at the University of Gibraltar, and also Phoebe Kelly, Communication and Marketing Manager. Thanks for joining us at Broadcasting House, and... We look forward to talking about the university again soon. And look forward to it. And thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.